Generally, I think that the point is that because I know the kids will have rabbit trails and things will take us a little bit longer, as long as the curriculum tends to highlight or even yourself when you're planning your goals and your, and your vision for your homeschool, you can highlight the key elements that you want to hit on. And as long as those key elements and those outcomes are getting chipped away at, you're progressing in your homeschool. Yes and yes. your kids are learning. The evidence is there. You're taking photos, you're making observations, write little notes. You know, if you don't have a planner, write the notes on the actual lessons. You're gonna be keeping them and photographing them to send away or whatever it is, keep a folder. Keep all the work the kids are really proud of and pop that in a folder and write little notes on, on what you did that day and the story behind the learning on that paper. That's kind of how I have always sort of approached it anyway. That's Tiffany, business owner, founder of Freely, and homeschool mom to two. Tiffany is passionate about child-led learning, supporting small businesses, growth mindset, and living a purposeful life without clutter and overwhelm. After a year of trial and error of trying to find the right tool to help organize their family's lifestyle, she realized it didn't exist. Tiffany began to see a common need amongst other homeschoolers, ones that approached homeschooling as a life choice rather than just an education path. That's when Freely was born. Through the creation of Freely, as well as YouTube videos, Tiffany is following her passion of helping others. So grab a seat by the fire as we travel to Australia to discuss how you can prioritize and enjoy what matters most in your unique, crazy, messy, adventure-seeking homeschool. But before we begin, just a few reminders. For any new homeschooling families, remember to grab your free Homeschool Getting Started packet. It includes a step-by-step -step process to getting started, a supply checklist, and a few blank, simple weekly planner templates. And with fall now here, and it's prime time of leaves changing colors and fires at the fire pit, we are excited to announce the release of our free Ultimate Family Camping Outdoor Checklist. Nathan and I have been camping with kids for the past six years, so we know what it takes to have a successful and less stressed camping trip with a family and a dog in whatever stage of life you're in. So we put together this checklist in hopes to help other families wanting to get out and camp more. Both packets are now available on our website's homepage to download, as well as right here in the show notes below. And now, back to the campfire. Okay, so hello, Tiffany, and welcome to the Homeschool Project Podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Anita. Thank you for having me here. Yes, yes. Thank you. I am so excited that you're here because we have been conversing back and forth for a while now and we met back in social media I don't even know how long ago so it's just so much fun to finally be conversing you know air quotes in person <laughs> yeah it is it's so lovely to see you and speak with you <laughs> yeah and I always think it's so neat that we're across the world too and we're chatting like it's six o'clock in the morning your time which I just thought was crazy <laughs> I know it's I know it's crazy, isn't it? I try to get my head around that. Like I'm aware of that, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I also try to wrap my so head around awesome. the fact that we're in different seasons too, since you're in Australia. I know. 
I know I just said before it's a bit chilly here this morning I'm like of course it's not there (laughs) no no we are warm we are in full summer mode barely touching the books just because we've been busy I have nothing against summer learning that I actually love to do summer learning but we have been so busy I I feel like we've barely even touched any of the books but oh but yeah you guys need to make the most of the warm weather though because I, I imagine there's a large portion of your time spent stuck indoors yes I was just telling Nathan I was like you know it's funny because my family down in Florida are they're starting up their homeschool years next week which is what I normally did yeah. And when I moved up here, I noticed everybody else, like all my homeschooling friends up here don't start until like Labor Day, which is about September. And I was like, man, that's late. But now I get it. You just want to embrace yeah. all of the awesome weather and you don't yeah. want to do anything but that. <laughs> yeah. Get all those excursions and adventures, you know, done and yes. yeah, enjoy yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I can completely understand that. I mean, we have, we're very lucky here in Australia because we have such kind of, you know, very small transitions into our, our seasons and it's, you know, we can spend most of our time outdoors unless we have storms or, you know, wet weather, but even then we can still afford to go outside and run around in the rain. I know. It's not that cold. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I guess I'm rubbing it in a little bit there, aren't I? (laughs) We did choose to live here, so. (laughs) All right, so we like to begin with you sharing a little bit about yourself, your family, and the name of your platform. Absolutely. So my name is Tiffany. Um, I have two beautiful children, seven and ten. I'm a homeschool mom, and um, you can find me over at Hinterlife Homeschool on YouTube and Instagram. So how long have you been homeschooling? Uh, we've been homeschooling for four years now. It has flown. <laughs> it's unbelievable how fast the time has flown. <laughs> I'm sure I, even for us, we're going on our third year and I feel like actually we've been on the journey longer than that. All right. So for you guys, what was the backstory as to why your family decided to homeschool? Yeah, um, it wasn't planned at all. Uh, it was sudden and very kind of just all of a sudden it was uh, something that kind of was building in the backs of our minds but we kind of left it as a last resort which is probably you know the worst thing we could have done but anyway um, (laughs) I guess you know we didn't know much about homeschooling homeschooling is not as well known here where we live however there is a very big growing community but um, we had a lot of issues with schools. Um, my uh, son has special needs and the schools were very unsupportive of that and the challenges that we had. And we went through three schools. So it was you know, no lack of trying. I tried a small school, a large school, a private school, and all the systems just seemed to fail um, for him. And uh, when we decided to homeschool, it was literally... In the one day I walked out of my job and started homeschooling the next day, that's how sudden it was. (laughs) But it is the best thing that ever happened to our family. Yeah. Wow. Kudos for you guys. I mean, you really did try three different schools and all of them failing. That's, that always just amazes me. So it's just It really does. I I just always feel like it ends up being the system because it can be because our kids too, they were in private schools because the public schools where we were at um, in Florida just weren't that great. 
and and they were in the tiny classroom setting but still it's just there's only so much they can do for your child in certain situations well and when they have like even I think her class size was 12 kids and even that wow. yeah it was small <laughs> We're talking classes around the size of 32 here. It is just crazy to the point where the classroom, one of the classrooms, this was the private school, was so packed that the one of the children's chat, like tables was having to be moved in order for the door to be opened for people to go in and out. Wow. And that's a private school. I was about so, to ask, was that the public school? <laughs> no, it was not. It was the private school. And it was just, it was just Um, There are plenty of schools here, but there's just so many children. And I think that um, half the problem was support in the the classroom. Often it was just the teacher. So no teacher's aid or, you know, that kind of thing happening in the classroom. So that's a lot to manage. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel for our teachers at the moment. Yes, I know. How would you describe your style or and or philosophy on education. That way we kind of have a a background as we go more into this conversation. Absolutely. So I guess I'm very eclectic. I love to mix lots of different things. I am very drawn to Charlotte Mason's style. I really love, we really love notebooking and, you know, uh, living books and things like that. Um, My kids really love reading that kind of material as well. I guess I'm very, I I like to follow the child's lead in learning. So although I like to have structure, we like to have structure. My kids definitely need structure throughout our day. We like to really allocate or allow time for rabbit trails Mm -hmm. and further investigations. So I might start with an idea or a theme for the day. We'll have some you know, structured learning in place, but where it takes us is usually completely, you know, up to them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So having that actually is perfect to, to guide us into my next question. And that's one of the reasons why we invited you on today was to discuss planning and organization in our homeschools. And I really do think that whether you are a traditional style homeschooler or as far as uh, the unstructured unschooler, I just feel that planning can be beneficial and it really can help lead to success and to help lessen the stress, especially, especially if you are new to homeschooling, which is why I wanted this topic to be a part of this home ed series that we're doing because I just felt that it was that important. I would like you to start with how you do your big picture planning for the school year. But first, I want to point out that you are the creator of Freely, right? And I know that you integrate this into your homeschool planning. So can you explain what Freely is and then what are some of the features of it? Absolutely. So um, Freely is a homeschool planning application. So you can use it on any device. Uh, so phone, iPad, computer, whatever works for you. I often use all three in the one day. <laughs> and it's basically designed, it's, it's more than just a planner. It's kind of an organizational tool for the home educator. So it's saying that it is 
kind of like it will organize your curriculum, your PDF curriculum, and then you can create your uh, lessons from that curriculum as you scroll through the curriculum on the application. There is just so much to uh, freely. I could go on forever, so I'll just try and be brief. But you can schedule out your day. You can add in photographs, video, audio um, of the lessons as well and you can make kind of you know your observation notes after the lesson so not only plan the lesson but record the the actual learning and also I it's really great for just that natural learning as it evolves throughout the day and the kids have gone on rabbit trails you can just record that simply by taking a photo if you're out and about and then come home and make your lesson observations or you know just those activities and summaries and things Mm -hmm. but then at the end of that you can actually report on that. So you can, you know, if you have a couple of categories, for example, like English, science, maths, you can actually draw up a um, report on those specific subjects and it will pull everything from that subject into a PDF for you. And then you can just send it off to, you know, your authorities or Nena or (laughs) whoever wants to see what's happening in the learning for that, you know, for that year or time period that you choose. I love that. And see, and that's why I wanted to bring that up because as you pointed out, your style and philosophy of your homeschool is not, it's not very structured, right? Like you you don't have to follow your schedule to the T you're, you like, you sound very similar to me and that you like some structure or at least have an idea, right. Of how your days might fall out, but you're completely fine with letting go of it and following the child. And that was my point was that you can be like that where you want to be flexible and you want to have some part of your, your home education unstructured and flexible, but still have tools like this to help kind of organize your, your days and your weeks. I was going to say, I, we are one of your beta testers. And that was one of the things you kept saying is that we want to make sure that when people, you know, use this, that they don't feel stressed by this tool and that they can feel comfortable and feel like they can still have that flexibility in their days. Yeah, absolutely. I, when I first started homeschooling, I saw that we needed something like that because of the way my kids are and the way that they learn. They just, they need that flexibility to just run with ideas. And that's why school didn't work for us, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to ask a question and investigate the answer and not be told that, no, we're not, we're moving on now. Um, I just feel like that's crazy to, to say no to a child about, you know, wanting to learn something further. So we've naturally evolved in our homeschool and it certainly wasn't as smooth in the beginning, (laughs) but I did see that, there was nothing like that on the market and I really needed that for us. And I found that um, the more I spoke to other homeschoolers, it really became apparent that it's something like this would be helpful to homeschoolers like myself and just homeschoolers in general that want to be able to record any kind of learning. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Especially especially when you live in areas where you don't have a choice and you have to you submit something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are we are um, having to report each year, and we have to provide samples and things. And um, this eliminates that stress because at the beginning it was very stressful, um, especially when you're just kind of new to all the laws and 
and have never really known anything about homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, It was quite uh, confronting. Yes. All right. So now that we have the the backstory on what Freely is, in case you bring it up, our listeners will have an idea. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Freely? (laughs) Basically, how do you plan out your year? And I, people will describe this in either steps or an over, you know, a broad overview, but however is best, if you can help explain how you do, like do your whole year overview, and then along the way, you can explain how um, Freely ties into that. Yeah, absolutely. So what I tend to do is, this is just something that naturally kind of started, you know, uh, working for us. I, at the beginning of my planning time frame when I know that my report's due and I'm starting to plan for the next year I sit down with the kids and we kind of we we tend to look through freely we look at what we enjoyed for the year um look at all the photos all that sort of stuff um the kids tell me what they enjoyed what they liked what they didn't like so much just a general overview and it's kind of just like a really fun meeting we usually have like a bit of a party at the table and uh, just have a laugh over you know memories and things like that but it gives me a really good kind of insight into where their heads are at in terms of what they like and what they don't like because that does change over the year and then I ask them you know what do you want to learn what are you interested in what what's something that's been you know in the back of your mind that you you might be interested in and um, usually they come up with some pretty crazy crazy things and things that I didn't even know that was even in their mind write all of that down I just write it down on a scrap of paper and then I kind of start sorting it out. So that's kind of my basis for figuring out their interests. Okay. And it gives them a sense of feeling around uh, having that sense of control over their own education as well. And, and even a sense of responsibility as well. It seems to really help them feel like we're, we're more of a team. We collaborate together. We plan our learning together. Um, you know, there are definitely things that we have to learn that might not be their favorite thing. But if we can make it as fun as possible, then why wouldn't we? That's kind of how I see it. So when I go to planning, I I break that down. We figure out some sort of a theme. We agree on a theme. And then that's my, you know, setting out some goals. And that's kind of how I build my vision. Okay. And I think a vision is really important when you when you start planning because it allows you to kind of put a filter on. And yes. when you go into the world of curriculum and and uh, learning materials and all that sort of stuff, it's huge. Yes. And it's really overwhelming. Yes. So for me, that is how I uh, eliminate that stress of what are we going to do because the choices are just huge. They are. And that just allows me to put my blinders on and and know that if it doesn't hit those those points, those goals, that vision, the concepts that we've come up with together, then it's it's it, even though I really love that curriculum or I like the look of that curriculum, it's not going to work for us because this is what our focus is for this mm-hmm. year. So that's how I kind of not over purchase, not over schedule, and how I keep it really simple. Okay, so give us an example of maybe one of the. Uh, topics of interest one of your kids had and then how did that search look as far as applying the learning to that absolutely so 
Um, oh, so many interests. <laughs> uh, so we had, uh, Isaac had said that he wanted to learn more about sharks. And so we've, we kind of decided to do more of a, like a reef study, kind of, we've done ocean studies before, but he wanted to just kind of hone in a little bit more on sharks. So we found some, um, we had a, a little ocean study through the Good and the Beautiful. So I pulled out what was most appropriate in that area. And um, we kind of had some like reading material there for that. Purchased a couple of books and we also um, went and found a, we went to like a, it's a shark and ray um, place where we got to hop in the water with some sharks and stingrays. And we even gave a nurse shark a belly rub. It was completely unbelievable, but the people there were so informative. So I really liked to try and uh, use experiences as mm-hmm. well as, you know, curriculum and, and complement each other. Mm-hmm. with how I plan what we do. We're very lucky here where we can kind of find a lot of experiences and things that usually relate to the kids' interests as well. But that's generally what I do. But then I can look, you know, I find Pinterest really helpful if I have an idea of what the theme is. I don't go just to Pinterest because then that's just where the overwhelm starts. <laughs> yes, good, good um, tip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you have to have a theme. But when you put that theme in, there's lots of blogs that pop up and And that's where you can get lots of free content from other creators um, and lots of inspirational people that, you know, have already put together their own little learning unit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it yourself. You Mm -hmm. can kind of get inspiration from other people. And that's how, that's what I like to do. If it's something that's unique and I can't find a particular curriculum that addresses that, I tend to just put a couple of things together. And then usually the questions will just sustain that learning yeah yes and then I assume then also with that the whole overview when you're starting at the beginning you've got the kids interest but then you're also on the side thinking of what are what is required for your area that you have to meet those needs as well correct yeah absolutely so I tend to just kind of make a few notes um, in freely with the the areas the outcomes that we kind of need to focus on we are with our authorities we don't have to necessarily uh we have to show progress but we don't have to hit on grade level outcomes if that makes sense yes so although i do prefer to make sure i cover that generally uh it's it's not necessarily something that i have to enforce or Mm -hmm. like you know make sure we're ticking off you know every single every single box generally when I go through I usually do it every couple of months I just go over you know my notes and things we're naturally hitting those age-appropriate targets anyway through Mm -hmm. all of the questions and the evolution of our homeschool it has blown me away because I in the beginning I was very focused on those things because that's what you learn when you've been in school that's all the focus that's all anyone ever talks about is, oh, are they, you know, age appropriate? Is this, are they hitting where they need to? Mm-hmm. But I've realized that as long as you can feed that hunger for learning uh, in any way that works for them, uh, particularly, and then that way it will definitely result in, you know, usually hitting those areas without too much bother. Yes. Great. I love that. All right. So once you have the vision and the general overview idea of before I say this next question, I did want to point out to anybody who's completely new to homeschooling that 
there are also different ways of schooling throughout the year, right? Like there's people that follow the school calendar year of 36 weeks. There's people that school year round. And then I think that there's two, uh, like a, a few other ways that people do um, schooling. Uh, like for us, we do, we kind of follow the 36 weeker, but then every six weeks we take a week off. And then for holidays, sometimes we may go a little bit longer than those uh, that week off. So I'm assuming, are you like me and that you also, do you school year round or do you kind of like think about a overview on a schedule as far as weeks go? In terms of my planning, I actually uh, plan to, so we have, we go by terms in here in Australia and it's 10 week blocks. So it's four, 10 weeks, okay. 10 week blocks. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I tend to, I, I do follow the school year generally, but we have been known to just kind of take time off when we need to. So that right. six, every six weeks, I find that we get a little bit like we just need to escape and, and go somewhere and switch off and, and just, you know, connect again. Mm-hmm. But um, that said, it's, it's really kind of, it's part of our lifestyle as well. So it's like, you know, we generally have that sit down kind of connection, you know, we, we love our reading and all that sort of stuff. So we have particular things that we need to do every day because we just enjoy it so much right um and that would continue through holidays for instance Mm -hmm. even if we go camping like I take a couple of books and (laughs) can't help myself and they're usually (laughs) looking for it anyway if I don't bring it then something's missing from our day (laughs) but yeah so we we actually work in 10-week blocks and I find that that is really really good because it allows me to just focus on that 10 weeks of of lesson planning, okay. anything more than that. And that's just a bonus. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So then back to me saying, you've got your vision, you've got your overview idea. Do you then uh, break it down to some sort of structure on how your days and weeks will go? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of just, we go by a rhythm. So we don't necessarily start at the same time every day. Generally we do because we're pretty early risers and everything, but uh, I like to have that flexibility. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're not feeling great or, you know, that sort of thing. So we, we, we start fairly slow and, but we have that rhythm where we know once we've done our reading, we go into our language arts and it's just kind of like a nice rhythm that the kids tend to expect and that way it just seems to flow nicely and it's more natural and it just kind of feels like the things that we're enjoying how long those things take is really up to how many questions there are and (laughs) and how deeply we want to go in things sometimes we can be done within two hours and it's just you know uh going on to personal projects after that okay when you're doing your actual planning If I understood correctly, you say you try to kind of plan, again, air quotes for our listeners, 10 weeks at a time. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how does that look? So just for anybody who's new and just is like, this is so, this is just so much, you've got your vision. How do you, I guess, how do you know how to break it down into 10 weeks? And I know that can be a hard to answer, but I guess the best way you can describe it, because I know that we also have some room for flexibility. It's not going to be to the T, but just how do you mm. even get started? And okay, for these next couple months, this is what it might look like. Yeah. Um, so what I like to do is I, I put everything into freely and that allows me to see it into, you know, see each individual lesson, what we're focusing on, how long that will actually take. And then I also kind of 
can preempt whether that's going to lead to more rabbit trails as well Mm. so I just start I just start allocating those those lessons generally we'll do language arts most days we have other things like co-op appointments and therapies to work in so I do very much kind of look for things that we can do in the car for fun activities that support the themes that we're learning as well you know we have like for history we listen to an audiobook so that really usually works when we are going to co-op because it's an hour drive there and an hour drive back. Mm-hmm. Um, you look for little elements where you can just spread out all the learning that you have. Generally, most curriculums will have a, an, a guide of, you know, a broken down guide. You can use that. You can use the chapters in books to, to see how many chapters there are in the book and or lessons in the book and break that up so that it's kind of evenly distributed as a guide to how much you should be doing. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think that the point is that because I know the kids will have rabbit trails and things will take us a little bit longer, as long as the curriculum tends to highlight or even yourself when you're planning your goals and your and your vision for your homeschool, you can highlight the key elements that you want to hit on. And as long as those key elements and those outcomes are getting chipped away at, you're progressing in your yes. homeschool and yes. your kids are learning. The evidence is there. You're taking photos, you're making observations, write little notes. You know, if you don't have a planner, write the notes on the actual lessons. You're going to be keeping them and photographing them to send away or whatever it is. Keep a folder, keep all the work the kids are really proud of and pop that in a folder and write little notes on, on what you did that day and the story behind the learning on that paper. That's kind of how I have always sort of approached it anyway. No, I love that. And you said exactly what I would have suggested too was, especially for the, those parents coming in like a deer in headlights, that there are curriculums or programs and where they do lay it out for you. So if, if anything else, if you're just that overwhelmed, you can look and see, okay, it's actually, I mean, so many now, I don't know of, of many that don't, but they, they don't, literally yeah. break it down for you to the day. Yeah. Yeah. And even they sometimes even provide you with multiple options as well. Like I just got a curriculum and, and she had it broken down for, you know, if you want to, if you're a a deep learner and you want to follow all the suggested extra thing, extra activities, then it's going to take you this long to do. If you just want to, you know, go lightly through it, it's going to take this long and then you can just break it up. So that really does help. And I definitely, like, I suggest also that you don't have to do everything. If you see elements in that curriculum that are just not within your, you know, your goals or your your personal uh, beliefs or things like that, you can cut those things out and put something else into it. Don't be afraid to chop up the curriculum. Uh, it needs to work for us. Uh, we, we do not want to be slaves to our curriculum. That's where we, you know, can ruin the excitement around our day. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful advice. I know you, I've heard you say that in your videos too, because <laughs> Tiffany has a YouTube video channel or YouTube <laughs> channel, but uh, that's something I also learned by the second year. You know, the first year, ooh, yeah. I wish I could uh, change, but you have to learn. And yeah. it was, I was yeah. following it to the T. Then by the second year, I was the same way. I was chopping up that curriculum. And I just realized that you know, this isn't working. It's too much. We can't keep up with their schedule. And as soon yeah. as I like let go of that, it was me just having that expectation. As soon as I let it go, 
everybody was enjoying it more. And you know what? They are still learning. Even if you don't finish that curriculum program, when it says you're supposed to be done, they still learned all along the way. And most of the time we are, I hate to say it, but many of the times you're probably doing better than those who are in school because they have a lot of other issues that they have to work through in that big classroom. So I try to remind parents, like, give yourself grace. They, mm-hmm. the, the teachers in the classrooms have just as many hiccups, if not more. And I think it's just important that they continue to have that love of learning. Like if you can foster that love of learning, even if you only got through half of the curriculum for the year, there was still learning involved and you kept that excitement, which is most important. Cause as long as you have most that, important. you can learn anything. I mean, if you want to learn, you're going to learn, especially as you get older, which is when it really counts. <laughs> it's like yeah, getting absolutely. into college or if they go to college, maybe they don't, but once they are at that, those teenage years, if they have that love for learning, they're going to dive into those books and want to learn what they want to learn. Uh, I totally agree. Like yes. that is just everything I believe in. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right. So how do you figure out what supplies and resources you might need for the year? I really love buying resources and supplies. <laughs> I usually have a very extensive supply in our art cupboard. <laughs> My kids are very hands-on learning. So they really, really need to have things in their hands. They need to be able to move things and see it um, as much as possible in real life and create things. Even when we're doing sit-down work, we're not really sitting down, like generally. <laughs> There's always some sort of movement going on. So in in terms of like how I plan it, I usually, again, uh, a lot of curriculums these days, unit studies, whatever it is, they have a list of supplies that you will need. Have a good look through that. Make notes. Uh, you can even highlight it. I put it into freely because I can run a report. So for each subject, I actually filter out um, and I have a little category called supplies like to purchase. I just pull that up. So I have it on my phone if I'm at the shops. I can click on that and it'll like literally have everything that I need to buy. It's really great. I love it. It's it's really handy because I usually like paper lists are no good for me. I am so terrible with paper. I love paper, but I'm just constantly losing it. It's just Mm -hmm. not reliable source for me. (laughs) So that's where that really helps me. But yeah, like I used to break down supplies and things early on because obviously I didn't have as an extensive supply. Um, I would purchase weekly and I would just put it on my, like in with my grocery list and, and, and try and purchase everything that I needed at the time that I was getting groceries. I'd buy it online or whatever it is, click and collect. And, and then I would know that I'm right for the week. Now I actually do 10 weeks because mm-hmm. I have a fairly decent supply already um, I usually only need a couple of extra things so I just purchased the whole 10 weeks and then I know all my books all my art and craft all the science equipment is ready to go okay yeah that's pretty much how I do it too I just look at our once I figure out what I what we're going to be learning throughout the year then yes, you look at if it is a curriculum, then you're obviously going to get what they suggest. Again, certain curriculums, like let's say a science one, they're going to tell you at the beginning of the book, these are the supplies Mm -hmm. that you'll probably need throughout the year. And then you can decide if you want them or not or forego it. But yeah, 
basically same thing, like look through those books, or if you're doing like you and I living books, and obviously you're just ordering that living book or looking at the library to see if they have that book there. And that's because we do a ton of read aloud. So in the end, it ends up being a lot of uh, books for us and our family. Yeah. I'm not quite as crafty. I wish I was. (laughs) (laughs) So you won't see as many art supplies, my poor kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. I had to give context to that because it really depends on how your kids learn as well. Um, And, you know, I just know for my own personal sanity to have a good supply of that stuff because otherwise we would just, we just wouldn't, the learning wouldn't be happening quite as well. Yes, yes. Um, That just brings them joy. And, you know, if they're sitting there building something, it's quiet, it's relaxed, and it's just a a really nice environment to be in. Absolutely. It's whatever works. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like to, that's why I wanted to have you on, because I like to hear people's different perspectives on how they do things. And same thing, like for me, I like to have everything most of the time, try to get as much as we can ahead of time so that it's already there. And then when the week comes, you're not like, well, we can't do this today because we don't have the stuff, you know? (laughs) I know. I know that was my early days in homeschooling. I would constantly forget that supply list and it it was just disastrous. So that's why I'm like super organized with that. You learn very quickly what works and what doesn't. And, and that evolves. And, Mm. and before you know it, you, you know, to prioritize those really important things because otherwise, you know, everything's just going to fall apart. Yes. 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 Those are the, those are the bad days. Yes. And we all have them even now. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Things do not always go to plan. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. Yes. You're right. It is totally okay. And maybe it's that day that, okay, we're just going outside. We're going to the park. Outside. We're going to call it today and we'll regroup later. Yeah. It is just so much easier. We had one of those days this week and we just went out. We went to our waterfalls and instantly we just felt so much better yes and we're just pushing it we we didn't have good sleep the night before we had a massive day at co-op uh the day before and we were just tired like yes just tired we needed to just get outside get fresh air and and just you know relax um Mm -hmm. and stop pushing things all right we kind of touched on this already but just to make sure there wasn't anything else For those of us that do live in the areas where reporting or end of year evaluations are required, how do you prepare for this? It doesn't sound like you wait till the end of the year, correct? No, I used to, and I used to get very worked up about it months in advance because they send, um, for for us, uh, they send uh, at the six month mark a reminder of your report and it's a very official letter wow. <laughs> and I think the way that I, I think often the way that they word these things can instill just a sense of fear straight away um, but uh, I plan I plan out we have to provide samples for our authorities and that's generally three samples um, three at the be- beginning of the year and then three towards the end of the year to show progress that is the, the main aim for it. It, it if nothing else it's just progress in handwriting progress in understanding the concepts of the learning the concepts of the lesson right so I planned that out so once I've chosen my curriculum right at the beginning of the year I actually look at that curriculum and go what would produce great samples knowing that they want to see the authorities just want to see progress within my child 
And so then that's really easy for me to see what particular projects or things I highlight them, like I, I mark them in freely. Um, I plan them out. I have a whole section in freely just for my home education reporting. And I break that down into lessons. Okay. And I make sure I get that prioritized at the beginning of the year. So I allocate that to particular days and we make sure we, we, we get that done. And it is just so much more relaxing. And, and when that letter comes through now, I don't have that like little heart jump, like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's just, yeah, it's so much easier. Um, So I do definitely recommend, you know, making sure you just at least, even if you don't particularly pinpoint exactly what you're going to provide your samples for, even just make a point of uh, setting a date. So to actually decide um, at the beginning of the year so that, you know, you know, even if you haven't chosen your curriculum or something like that in the beginning of the year, make a date of where you're going to actually decide Mm -hmm. those samples or whatever it is that you need to do for that reporting, get it out of the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I agree. Put those reminders so that you don't let it go and then get overwhelmed at the end. I was the same way. And uh, I also have reminders like throughout the summer for us, we have to submit a letter of notice before the school year starts stating that we will be home schooling. And so I I will have reminders over the summer, like make sure that you have your stuff ready to send in the letter. And then at the end of, so at the end of the year, you have to do the evaluation, but then you, you don't submit it until the very close to the beginning of the next school year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little different. So we have to have a yeah. reminder at the end of the school year that make sure you set up a time. Uh, for us, it's we get our, you either take a national test or you, uh, you pay a certified assessor to look over these documents, S- similar to yours, like just showing progress of them Mm. on these certain subjects throughout the year, but somebody has to actually look at them and we pay a fee for that. And then after they have looked it over and met with us, they give us a letter. And then that letter is what will go to our district and in fall saying like, yes, this family's good to go. It's a little different, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's generally, yeah. I I understand that it sounds very similar in a lot of ways as well. But same thing. My point was that I found that putting those reminders really does help. And then with Freely, you can export your reports at the end of the year as well, right? For Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and that's where the observation notes come in handy. If um I that's why I make such a point of of writing up those observation notes because I know it's saving me a job for at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. if I do it as well. So not only am I like capturing that, that moment of the day of where that learning happened and what the kids said, it's also kind of working towards creating this beautiful keepsake Mm -hmm. of, of our year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that is just so special and to know that we can just print that off and, and have it if we wanted a physical copy or send it off to authorities as well, just to show how, you know, how much we've learned and how, how many things we've done. It's really reassuring to have that. Right. So I love that with your app, it's so easy where you can just snap that photo and then type up your notes and then you put it under that section and freely for, this is going to be for portfolio. 
and it's done. Yeah. Now for those who may not have an app or aren't to that point where they want to let go of their paper, my suggestion would be to have a designated area then where when they do a certain type of work, you're like, oh, this was a good one to show. Put it in that that drawer, that that basket, whatever. And then at yeah, the end of folder. the year, yes. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the year, you can go through and then take out maybe ones that you didn't really want, but now you know that you have your golden nuggets right there, <laughs> ready to go. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And and write those notes on the back of the on the back of the work as well. I love that idea. Actually, I had not somewhere. done that. That's a great tip. Yeah. That's what I used to do at the very beginning when mm-hmm. before Freely was even in, you know, created. Mm-hmm. Um, we and and I still have a folder where I put um I put some of the hard copy artwork into as well because we up until this year we actually had to send the physical copies away as well, which I found really hard to part with, but they needed the originals. Wow. Um, so you would send the photographs, but they needed the originals as well. Wow. Um, so I'm glad that I get to keep those now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, after watching one of your YouTube videos, which again, I'm loving your channel. I won't oh, go down that you. rabbit hole because I could, but I wanted <laughs> to bring up this next topic because your family is very similar with ours, as well as many of our listeners and that you like to be outdoors. And as you mentioned, you like to have those out of the home experiences, but some families do struggle with getting out the door. Like it's just a thing they, they find it's hard. So what have you found helpful in making sure these experiences happen and with minimizing the stress of getting out the door? It never used to be easy for us to get out the door. Let me just say. <laughs> I'd like to say that I I was I've always been an organized person but I really really wasn't and getting out the door was one of the biggest issues that we had like if we had somewhere we needed to be on time or we had particular things that we needed for example like the weather can change quite quickly here we have a lot of storms that roll over in summer we need to have our you know gum boots and raincoats handy especially bug spray and all of those kinds of things and the thing is if you have a place for that like I created an adventure box and everything that I could possibly think that we might need for when we go out uh, raincoats gum boots bug spray sun cream hats you know, everything that I could think of, I bought extra and Mm -hmm. the extras just go in that box. Mm -hmm. So we might have our favorite hat, but if we've forgotten it, we've got our our extra hat in that box. And whenever we go out, I grab that box out of our cupboard and I pop it in the car along with, you know, any of our like, you know, snacks and bits and pieces as well. So it's just like such a weight off my shoulders because the thing is, it's, it's all well and good to want to go out, but for it to be successful, especially if like, you know, here the mosquitoes are terrible, going out and getting eaten alive is, is not a fun day for us. It ends up being a really negative experience. So to make those outings as enjoyable as possible and as successful as possible, being organized and having those things at hand is so important. So yes. that's, that's how I avoided that situation. Yes. We have the same thing. I wouldn't say it's an adventure basket, but I should make an adventure basket right now. It's all <laughs> like in the hiking backpack that sits yeah. on the bench in the garage, but that's what we grab when we go on our adventures and it's stocked 
with doubles of it, you know, like we yeah. got, we're to the point where we have like bug spray and sunscreen in all three of our vehicles and the adventure backpack. Cause it's just something, I just don't want to ruin a day. Same thing. Like you just no. don't want that to be the reason to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. Or to have to go home early. What a disaster. Yes. Like I would be, you know, you got, you take the effort to, to get out and go to these beautiful places. The last thing you want is to have it ruined by something so silly as, you know, um, mosquitoes and things like that ruining your day. Yes. Yes. So I highly recommend an adventure basket or backpack because also I'm sure you do the same, but whatever it is that designated, whatever it is, stock it with snacks and water as well. Like that is a must. If we're leaving this house, we always have snacks and water because it's another thing that we don't want us to like stop having fun over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then for as far as do you kind of plan for these at all into your schedule? Do you help incorporate them so you make it a point to get it done or... How does that look? Yeah. So now it feels a lot more natural, but when we started out, getting outside was not as, you know, we had some members in our family that were not as enthusiastic about going outside and, you know, and getting away from screens and all those kind of comforts and things like that, especially because our summers get really hot here as well. So, you know, it, there's that, but now it's just like instant. Um, and the way that I did that, the way that I kind of created that resilience to, to going outside was I made it a regular thing and I usually made it connected to those interests that the kids mentioned at the beginning of the year and our theme and all that sort of stuff. It just works so well. And if I kind of have it in line with my, my theme, it felt like it was, you know, like an excursion for school. It felt like it counted mm-hmm. because at the beginning I felt like I needed it to. Yeah. Uh, so if you feel like, you know, getting outside is time away from the books and you're not learning, if you still kind of have that school mindset, that is a way to kind of just slowly ease away from, from that thinking, that old mm-hmm. way of thinking, like, you know, a school way of thinking. And usually like, you know, if the kids were interested in, you know, all the reef stuff, we'd go to the rock falls at our beaches, uh, and spend the day there and you know so much learning happens but yes. it's it's getting outside it's in their interest they're happy to be there I'm not dragging them away from something at home that they were more interested in uh, so yeah and I would plan that out so I'd actually write out a, a, I have an adventure category in my <laughs> in my um in Freely and I actually write out everything I can think of. So anything local to me within, you know, 20, 30 minutes away from our home, how many things can I think of for us to do? And we try and focus on doing one a week. Now we're doing like three a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it exactly. evolves. It evolves. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. Same thing. We, we started with the goal of one day a week, we would have our nature day. And it just quickly turned into more days every week. But the, I, I love the idea because we do the same thing where you just have like this running list of places you'd like to go. So then when that day comes, you can be like, you know, the night before, hmm, where do we want to go tomorrow? And at least you have something. Because if you don't, I feel like it makes it hard. You won't go because you're like, well, I don't know where we're going to go. But if you have that yeah. running list, you have something to pick from. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is also... The, the other thing that I found was when I had it planned, even if the weather wasn't great, 
we'd still generally go because we were talking about, we've been talking about it all week and then the weather's not so great. It kind of started building that resilience as well. And we kind of started going, oh, we need to prioritize our gear and make sure we have the right shoes, the right clothes so that we don't miss out on that out, Mm -hmm. you know, outside time Um, and those adventure days. Um, And now we're, you know, eventually we've kind of built on that, on all the gear and and we're well more prepared for that. Yep. Love it. So now thinking about the planning process can feel very daunting. So what is maybe one piece of advice on where somebody should just start to help avoid that overwhelm? I think for me, it was definitely honing in on your your kids' interests or your goals and vision. You know, a vision can be so simple. It can just be one sentence and it's just your focus for the year of, of something that's, you know, that's a family sort of thing. That's, that's how I deal with it anyway. And at least then if you've got that, that's your basis to kind of go from and use as, as a filter for, for all of the things. Break it down into simple, you know, even just start with one week and then the next week. Uh, break it down into that 10-week block or however many weeks you feel comfortable with. And it can evolve from there. I mean, I plan my year because I have to, but I don't have to stick to that plan. And by breaking it down into 10-week blocks, it really helps because then I can assess that at the end of the 10-week blocks and see if it's working, going well, and what I need to change for the following 10-week blocks. And eventually it just evolves and you have a much clearer vision of, of what you want, what you want to drop and what you want to bring in as well. So it seems less overwhelming when you tackle it in that way, you yes. know, in those smaller blocks of work. Yes. I love that. Yep. Like little bite sizes. (laughs) One bite at a time. (laughs) Exactly. One day at a time. Whatever it is that you have to do to just, you know, make sure because kids sense when you're feeling overwhelmed and then they feel that so much. I really prioritize keeping calm in in our home because it affects so much more. So do do make sure that you're looking after yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting enough sleep, uh, you know, all of those kind of little things. I know I, I'm sounding a little bit, you know, <laughs> preachy here, but I think it's just so important. You know, when you're stressed, everybody else is stressed. It's a ripple effect. And I think that if you can just prioritize looking after yourself as well, then everything else will flow well too. And you'll be able to make better decisions. Yes. Yes. That's great advice. I completely agree. So what is one of the biggest challenges of homeschooling for you? Because we all have challenges. It's not perfect as we've been mentioning, but maybe one that you kind of like struggled the most with. The one that I struggled the most with was over scheduling. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like we could do it all. (laughs) And, and just that the curriculum, uh, you know, I just love, I have such a love for learning and I want my kids so badly to have that love for learning as well. And that gets very, you know, caught up in like, oh, we could do this. So we could do that. We could do this. And that's how I came up with the concept of the vision and the goals. Like, it's just like my mantra now. I Mm -hmm. can't, I have to stick with it because otherwise I'll just go for days. (laughs) The other challenge is I don't stop. Even though I tell everybody else to slow down, I tend to not do that myself. And it is something that I'm working on very hard every day to try and just slow down and take some time for myself. I'm working on that. (laughs) You and I sound 
so alike. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I struggle with the same. (laughs) I understand you. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Right. And then on the flip side, how has homeschooling benefited your family the most? Uh, I always get emotional answering that because (laughs) it is just, it has changed our lives. I know now that we were meant to homeschool and all of the stuff that we went through in the earlier years, uh, you know, that was really hard and we can't, you know, we can't take that away um, from our kids. Uh, They've experienced that, but gosh, uh, the last couple of years has totally changed our lives and my kids are almost unrecognizable from from what they were in those earlier years and the trauma that you know my son went through homeschooling is just a beautiful thing and it's time if there was one thing that I could focus on to talk about is just the time that we have with our kids now before you know working uh, shift work and balancing all that with my husband and pickups and the drop-offs and the racing to therapies and trying to take time off time off work for therapies and and all of that it was just we never stopped and when we had our weekends they were just literally just recovering from the trauma mm-hmm. of the week before yep um, and it was not a life we we were not living and. Mm-hmm. Now we're passionate about things. We have pro- personal projects for each and every one of us. We are just like having, you know, family movie nights and game nights. And uh, every day is just honestly, every day feels like quality family time. And I could not, I just could not recommend it enough for people to give it a go. Homeschooling has just changed our lives. That's so wonderful. Sorry, I got carried away there. (laughs) No, that's exactly what I want though. The reason why I'm making sure I add these questions to this series is because I I want people to see all views of home education, but most importantly, I want them to, to hear at the end why it has benefited so many families and they're all a little different, but there is a common theme. And, and at least in the end, especially those who are coming in new, when they do feel overwhelmed, when they have those tough days, they're hearing from those of us who have been doing it now for a couple of years, just how worth it it is and how to us, we just feel like it's a way better life than what it used to be as a family. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I love it. All right. So our last (laughs) two questions, if you could hand a book to every new person you met, what would it be? (sighs) I have been looking through all my books and uh I think the the one book that I think I would hand is and I have many that I would like to but um The Call of the Wild and Free Mm -hmm. and simply because it is there are some beautiful pictures in it but every page has an amazing quote on it and the way it is written is just it was the first book that I read that wasn't like a how-to kind of book for homeschooling it was I mean it has that element to it but it's more about talking about you know cherishing childhood and preserving childhood in the way that you know protecting it making sure our kids get to still be kids because the biggest thing I noticed from homeschooling was uh the difference in the fact that you know taking my my son out of school and homeschooling he all of a sudden became a kid again I know that sounds really strange at at the age of like six, but it was just, 
he was going back to kid things like playing with toys and all of that sort of stuff which was dropped because he was too old for it before his friends didn't didn't do that so I think that The Call of the Wild and Free is a wonderful book to remind you about, you know, what's important and, and childhood matters. It, it, it's so important for our kids to experience that. Yes. Um, what is that yeah. phrase at the beginning of the book? She said, I saw the lights go out in her son. Yes. The light. Yes. Oh, yeah. Instantly. Like yeah. I, I read, like I just relate so much to her stories and mm-hmm. um, her passion as well. And I think she just so, it's just a beautiful book to read. Even it if is. you don't, even if you're not homeschooling, I think it's just that message that she has about childhood is so important. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I highly recommend it as well. All right. And then the final one is if you knew you could only leave one last piece of wisdom for your children, what would it be? I think it would just be that I want them to trust themselves and to love themselves. That probably sounds a little strange, but I just think that if you love yourself enough, you're not going to let anyone treat you badly. You're going to have the confidence to, to walk away and to accept nothing less than you deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for my kids. I want them to believe in themselves. So I, I think that that's probably what I would say. Perfect. Love it. Great way to end it. So where can our listeners find you? And if you have any updates you want to share with the progress of Freely, anything there as well? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me over at Hinterlife Homeschool on YouTube. I have about 10 videos so far. I'm still new to to YouTube. So um, you can find me over there. And I'm also on Instagram with uh, it's hinterlife underscore homeschool. And um, in regards to Freely, we are hoping to launch this year. We still have some finishing touches that we want to add, but everyone is welcome to apply for beta testing. So we would love to have as many families trying it out, letting us know what they think. Um, It's essentially a finished product, but we just have some finishing touches that we want to do. Um, before we launch it it's really hard (laughs) I'm dying to launch it but at the same time I'm like what if we had this what if we had that (laughs) I just want it to be perfect so no you guys are doing a wonderful wonderful job being on the other side of this I can just see the hard work I can see the passion and dedication you guys have it's amazing it's going to be an awesome product it really is so oh, I am. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> it's oh, not an easy you. task. <laughs> it's it's been it's definitely a labor of love. It's been hard work, but we do love it and we love the vision that we have for it to to help families like us. I, I hope that it's going to be well received. It has been so far. So yeah, it's definitely a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Tiffany, so much for joining me today. This was a wonderful and very helpful conversation. I'll make sure to put all of those links in the show notes and I hope you have a wonderful day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. We want to thank Tiffany for joining us today. She is such a wonderful resource to help homeschool families figure out ways to organize your days in a relaxed and flexible manner to homeschool your way. We also want to thank all of you for joining us around the campfire today, as well as those of you who continue to join us each and every week faithfully. 
If you have been enjoying our podcast, we are asking that you please be sure to follow us on your podcast app and write a review. We've been told that when people do this, then other families are able to find our podcast and use it as a resource and hopefully find more encouragement and inspiration this way. We would also love for you to connect with us on social media, such as Instagram or Facebook, or even just send us an email to say hi or ask whatever question you may have. We hope you have an amazing week. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.